And we are live with another episode of Lead Off Talk with myself, Caitlin, and joined, as always, by Gabe. Gabe, how's it going there, buddy? Going great. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, the last two episodes are always, you know, our favorite ones, you know, our predictions and then our top seven at each position. But this episode is our Cleveland Guardians preview. That's the only thing we're going to talk about this episode. Um so it could either go an hour, it could go an hour and a half. Like, you know, we're known to get go on tangents about specific <laughs> players on our favorite team. And um, yeah, so enjoy the ride, I would say. And uh, we are recording this on Tuesday in the afternoon. So, you know, hopefully um, some somehow somewhere between today and the game on Thursday, um, we're talking about a Jose Ramirez extension. Um, you know what? Let's just start there. Um, and I know I just completely derailed what we were like, oh, what we were going <laughs> to talk good. about um, to start off the podcast. But like, it's probably the most important decision on this team. Uh, it was reported a couple of weeks ago that, you know, the front office and Jose were um talking about an extension and then you know it seemed like there was a lot of momentum that it was going to happen and then the momentum kind of died when apparently the they offered him was it like a four-year 89 million dollar deal or something like that yes um extension so it would be not next year it would be the year after and then they came back with a five-year 107 million which would make it like in total, he'd have like a seven year contract with like, I think it was like 130 million, um, which isn't like a terrible, I don't think that's like a terribly unfair or offer, especially when he's somebody who, you know, when his contract is up is going to be 31, you know, a five year puts him through what, 36. Um, you got to think maybe at some point, maybe like, by year three of that contract, maybe he's, you know, not stealing 30 bases like he usually is. Um, right. But I don't see the steep decline in, in somebody like him. Um, like we've seen with, with players with these giant contracts. And I think it's fair for both sides at 36. I mean, he'd played the bulk of his career in Cleveland. Um, I mean, he would get paid because he's obviously the most under, uh, Un, what is it underpaid superstar in the game of baseball right now making what 12 million this year um yeah but you know <clears throat> just just your thoughts on on the whole thing do you think it gets done you know like stuff like that i i mean um i think you messaged me today and said it's reported that they are talking tomorrow <clears throat> so also guys if that ends up happening a deal happens or even if the worst comes worse i'm not going to say it but we all know what happens uh, me and Kay have already talked about we're going to have an emergency pod either tomorrow night or whenever anything happens. Um, but back to it, I think I think it happens. I think it's fair what the Indians are offering to an extent because also he deserves to be paid as much as – he deserves to be the top paying third baseman in baseball. He deserves it. But at the same time, like you said, he's a, he'll be a free agent at 31 or 32. So, like, I understand what the Indians are trying – or, sorry, Guardians. Like, he's saying Indians. I apologize. I understand what the Guardians are trying to do. But it's just, it's just frustrating because, like, 
he deserves to be paid. He deserves to be the highest paid. He's that good. He means that much to the city. And every report you hear about him, he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. So you would hope that that meeting tomorrow, maybe they can get, maybe, I think I think it's like $20 million a year they're offering right now. I could be incorrect. I think it's like around twenty. Um, maybe they could meet in the middle and get up to like 25 maybe. Maybe that's like Jose's like, okay, I'll, I'll sign now. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. hoping that happens because like – I go back to the Lindor thing. The whole time Lindor was getting a contract, you didn't hear reports about how much he loved Cleveland. Like, it seemed like he did. When then he left, you realized that he didn't. But it seemed like he did. But Jose, like, all the reports you hear about is how much he loves Cleveland, how he's comfortable here, how he likes the fans. And it just makes you feel like he wants to be here. So you hope that Cleveland can make it happen. And the fact that you've been talking to him is really good in my eyes. They're even having discussions about contract. So I'm hoping that, Tomorrow night we make a podcast saying that Jose is signed uh, to an extension, and I, he just needs to be here. And I think it's one of those things like me and you talked about. It's that would like rip our hearts out if he leaves. Yeah, because I mean, he is. I mean, he's been the heart and soul of this team since that 2016 season when Brantley yeah. goes down. He ends. I mean, he's your left fielder. Um, they trade or they let Juan Uribe go. They move Jose to third. And, you know, it was just like the rest is history. He's been, uh, what, top three in MVP voting a couple times already. Uh, he's been a multiple-time all-star. Uh, even when he struggled, like, he was still really, really good. And, yeah. like, even now, like, I mean, he's the most – like I said, he is the most important player on any single team like he single-handedly could make or break this season for for Cleveland oh Um, 100 yeah like there's no like like for example Juan Soto is amazing but that team is gonna be um that team's gonna be in last place right if Jose Juan Soto yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, but it's just like if Juan Soto get or if Jose Ramirez gets hurt, like the, he's like their entire offense. He's everything is centered yeah. around him. He makes everybody better. He makes Framil better. He makes you know the uh, Miles Straw better. He makes uh, Ahmed Rosario better. And to not to I don't know just to not pay just to not assign him to a long-term deal I just it it makes zero sense to me like I get it he'll be 31 but at the same time man like this isn't baseball from you know 15 years ago where when guys get like like around that age like you see this sharp decline you know right there's a lot of great like a lot of really really good players at 35, 36 years old. And at that time, you know, you're, you're banking on, you know, Gabriel Arias to, to have a bulk of the load, George Valera to have a bulk of the load, Mm -hmm. Um, Tyler Freeman, maybe like Nolan Jones, like all those guys are going to be on affordable deals. So you can afford to sign Jose Ramirez long-term and still have the flexibility to keep Arias, to keep Valera, right? And then, you know, when Jose's gone, when he's 35, 36 years old, then guess what? You could sign Arias to a long-term deal. 
Like yeah. it, it's really, you just go from one contract, one significant contract to another. And I think mentally, like we know Shane Bieber is probably gone within the next two years. Like yeah. I don't see them working on a long-term deal with Shane Bieber. So with that in mind, the fact that like, I don't know, if you had to pick one, you know, Shane Bieber or Jose Ramirez, well, I want the guy who's going to play every single day and make everybody around that lineup a lot better. Like Cleveland's pitching like factory, basically. Um, You know, you got to think eventually when they do trade Shane Bieber, they're going to get a haul back, number one. Um, And and, and number two, like they're still going to have guys like Quantrill, like McKenzie. I mean, like, you know, uh, Daniel Espino. Um, Dude, he's a stud too. Like the the other Logan Allen, the good Logan Allen. Like <laughs> you have all these top pros- pitching prospects again, where you just need one or one or one or two of them to work out. Which like the likelihood that's going to happen, based on the, the Cleveland's track record, is pretty good. Plus, who would whoever you would get in a potential Shane Bieber trade? So right. it's like it just seems so stupid. Like Jose Ramirez is beloved by every Cleveland Guardians fan, like yeah. every single one of them. And if they, if they fumble this bag, if if they can't work out something long term with him, man, I like I don't know. Like I already said, man, I I I might be done. Like for real, this you have the opportunity to truly build around a, a, a MVP caliber player. You have the opportunity to show like, hey, the, the Cleveland Guardians, this is a new era in Cleveland baseball. We're going to keep our, our players. We're going to keep our top prospects. Like we're going to keep, you know, the guys that we developed long-term so you could have their jerseys and not think, well, if I buy his jersey now, is he going to be here in two years? Like, no, this these guys are going to be here. And the fact that they're the whole like new ownership thing is kind of over everybody's head. Well, if you're, if the likelihood that the ownership isn't even going to see the end of his contract and pay the, you know, pay, you know, the end years, um, if they're going to be, if the Dolans like sell and they're still a minority owner or whatever, um, then who cares? Like, like it, that does not matter. You know what I mean? Right. No. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. It's it's frustrating, and I was so excited because I thought it was going to happen, but now like the momentum seems to seems to have died, um, and I can't even be excited for like you know the sign the extension to Emmanuel Classe, uh, which is like what like a five year twenty million dollar deal apparently, um, which buys out one of his years of arbitration, uh, or one of his years of free agency, and you know keeps his arbitration at a at a lower number. Uh, overall, which I think is a smart thing to do because, you know, let's just say, yeah, well, let's just say like Tito, I I don't know if he's the manager and, you know, for all five years, but let's just say he he signs a nice little like two, three year extension where they're going to use class A a lot. And the (laughs) way he burns through bullpen arms, like around 30 years old, that's probably with a lot of innings and a, you know, a lot of 102 mile per hour pitches you know, maybe we see a decline in, in, 
Emmanuel Classe like we did with Cody Allen, like we did with um, Andrew Miller. I mean, Miller was a little bit older, but you, you know what I mean. So Right. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. So do you think it gets do you think it gets done? I I do. I and I think and I have faith even if it doesn't get done this this thing. I even though we could trade them in the trade deadline, you know what I mean? If someone gives us one of those offers, I think with that new ownership that we have or the new um owner, uh, Blitzer I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. I think uh I think next off season two it sets up nice to resign too, but I would hope it just gets done now. I think it gets done, to be honest. I think there's just too much momentum that he wants to be here, that we're actually talking to him. I think I just, I just have too much faith, and I probably shouldn't, but I do. And, and I wouldn't even mind, like, hey, why don't you give him a bump in, in pay for this year and next year? You right. know, why, why not just that's rework a, that contract thought. and then, you know, give him the five-year extension? In, like, five right. years – that goes through his what thirty age thirty six season, which is guy uh, guys like Christian Yelich. Um, I'm trying to think. Like I think Arenado was like around there, like when he signed his extension. So they all kind of ended around the same time. They're not like the crazy, you know, thirteen fourteen year uh, deals that we've seen with you know Bryce Harper or like when Miggy signed his ten year extension when he was, you know, when it didn't start until his year thirty three or when he turned like 33 years old. Um, right. So like, they're going to have to deal with that until he, whenever he retires or like the Albert Pujols thing when he was 31, 32 years old. I mean, I guess allegedly, you know, the, the rumor around baseball is that he's actually older uh, than he is, but you know, it's just like this, this, this is a win-win for both sides. And if he wants to be here, I mean, what is what kind of precedent does that send to all your young guys that like you could do everything right, you could even you could play at an MVP caliber level, you could, you know, you could want to be a part of this team and this franchise for your entire career, but it doesn't matter because just financially ownership just doesn't want to do it. The fact that the right. Rays signed Wander Franco to like a 14-year deal, like that, I mean, they should, you know what I mean? Like they should. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me, like whenever we see, you know, these guys like Gabriel Arias or Valera, like Cleveland end up trying to sign these guys to like 10, 11-year contracts, you know, give them some significant money up front and then, you know, buy out a couple years of their uh their free agency um but it's just like there's no like i feel like there's no hope yeah i agree like, and i agree it kind of sucks that you know we're starting off this podcast and a little bit of a downer but i mean i just hope like tomorrow we get a we get a notification that you know they're they uh that they have a contract extension and you know whatever it's worth like you know is whatever it's worth but i mean like both sides want to get a deal done like come on you know like it it shouldn't be that hard right right no you think not so let's get let's talk about a brighter note about this team uh the starting pitching um shane beaver 
Anne Savali, Plezak, Kel Quantrill, Tristan McKenzie. That's your five-man rotation uh, for this year. And I think, I think if you would have thought that last year, you would have been, you know, well, that's kind of interesting, Kel Quantrill. He's had his ups and downs as a, as a starter. Maybe he's more of a bullpen guy. Um, you know, McKenzie, if he could just, you know, consistently throw strikes, like he should be good. And for that first half last year, it was it was rough, uh, especially with all these guys hurt. But now, like, what, what they did in the second half, man, I mean, I mean, I think that's single-handedly why you picked them to make the playoffs. And, I, I mean, I still pick them to be the second-best team in the Central. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their, their rotation's disgustingly good, if healthy. And I also have a bonus pick with MLB.com because they did not pick them as the top 10 rotation in baseball, which blows my mind. Yeah, that was um, very silly. If, if healthy, I think they're top five. I'm just saying. And it might be a little homework pick, but I'm – I mean, McKenzie might have the best second half of the season in baseball as a pitcher. Yep. Cal, Cal showed that he belongs here last year. Um, Savali – I think we talked about it, was on his way to an all-star before he got hurt. And Plezak, in a down year, still had 10 wins. So it's like, or had a double-digit win. And Bieber probably wins a side on if he continues this year without getting hurt, too. So, I mean, that's just, that top, the, <laughs> that's why if Cleveland does anything this year, it's because of how good that rotation is. Oh, one, 100%. And to think that the guy that won the Cy Young might not even have the best stuff <laughs> on this right. pitching staff. I mean, you can make the argument that when McKenzie's going, man, there's like he's the best. Like Cal Quantrill, I think, man, this I think the sky's the limit for that guy. Like for real. I yeah. I'm a huge fan of Cal Quantrill. And I mean Savali, like, you know, he's he is He's like the unsung hero of the group. He, he's oh, the yeah. most consistent one. He's probably the one that doesn't get the most love, but he's the one that all like when he goes out there, you know what you're going to get from him, if that oh, makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the thing that makes him so valuable is, like, he's always going to give you six or seven innings every exactly. single time. He's not a big strikeout guy. Um, He's a pitch to contact, you know. And um, usually, like, early on in your career, you, you kind of, like, know if if he's, like, an effective pitch to contact type guy. Um. But like he he is man he's he's a ground ball pitcher um and, and he just pounds the strike zone and right that was always the issue with somebody like McKenzie where he just was too erratic with some of his mechanics and I think he really figured it out because I mean he was just so dominant I mean he almost had a perfect game last year yeah I mean, he was so good and and Cal was so great uh, the second half of the year he really found it so. I mean, like we talked about all last year on this podcast, like even though they struggled and it was frustrating to watch at times, like figuring out that Cal Quantrill and Tristan McKenzie are legit studs uh, starting pitchers. I mean, that's that's awesome. And you only got to think like somebody like Plezak just continues to get better, continues to grow. And, and same right. with Bieber. Like, you know, he's he's got something to prove. You know what I mean? Like he's got something to mm-hmm. prove, you know, coming off of a, a – you know, an injury that I don't think, you know, when we heard of it, it was like, well, that makes sense because he was a little ineffective his last couple starts, uh, but he was still getting the strikeouts. And then um, and then kind of out of nowhere, it's like, oh, he hurt his shoulder. He's out for, 
you know, a month or two. And then like, next thing you know, he was kind of gone for the year. Right. I yeah. think he put what, they he, made one start made at the, one end, of start year, at the yeah. end of the year. Yeah. Just like yeah. for the confidence of like, Hey, like, like I, I, I got back healthy. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's only this, the sky's the limit for the, for the starting rotation. Right. And the, and the, the good thing is too, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but also last year it taught us too, is that in case obviously never want injuries, but in case somebody does go down, you have a guy like Eli Morgan that can step in. Mm-hmm. And like, like I'm not gonna. Eli Morgan is reminds me of Josh Tomlin when he was yep. younger. Yep. But I think he's better than Tomlin, if that makes sense. Uh, Tomlin yeah. was out there. Tom, I just Tomlin. You ever saw the strikeouts? Like Eli can get the strikeouts, but he pitches the contact. He'll get the outs, but. That's why I think it's nice because you have your solid five and you have a guy there. If something happens, can step in and he knows what he's doing now. He's not caught up a young kid who's no idea what's going on. You know what I mean? That's why I think last year was kind of a not a blessing, but kind of helped the Indians in the long run. Yeah, I figuring think so. stuff out. I think so too. And I I really like Eli Morgan. I know um, you do. <laughs> you know, I just I just like the way he pitches, man. Like you know, mm-hmm. kind of like the Josh Tomlin, like that mentality where you know he's. He's a little undersized at, at like, I mean, maybe he's five, ten ish. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like he doesn't uh, overpower you with his fastball. But man, that changeup. When you have a a fastball that at like eighty nine, but then you have a changeup that's like seventy three, and you could spot it any single time, and you could throw it for strikes, you could throw it out of the strike zone. Um, that. 16 mile per hour difference is is huge and it's i mean that that pitch itself i mean not many players have or not many pitchers have that effective as of a pitch um and he's got a a pretty good one in in uh you know with that changeup. so yeah and yeah like he's gonna give his home runs but you know you just kind of hope like josh tomlin it's solo home runs because you know you the hope is he doesn't walk that many like tomlin did um, I think the the comparison is pretty spot on uh, with with that Josh Tomlin. Um, yeah, and you know what? You like, just know you're gonna get, he's gonna give you five innings every time, and that and, also helps out a lot too. Yeah, and you know, God forbid somebody gets hurt, but you know, like it, you know, stuff like that's gonna happen with these double headers now that you know you got to make up games and whatnot to bring up somebody like him. Oh yeah, um, it, it's nice. You know that he's gonna give you an opportunity to win. Whenever he's, whenever you hand him the ball, right. And it's nice this year because they're actually not inning games. So when he gets called up, if he only goes for four or five innings, he's not has two innings for the offense to help him out. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the bullpen, the bullpen's kind of interesting because you got Class A at, at as your closer, which I mean, again, one of the like last year was just like learning who you have and who you can trust and class a man that guy's a stud you picked him to be the you know the top reliever in baseball uh in your top seven unless i picked him at number three just because he does everything that you want in in a relief pitcher and as in a in a yeah and as a closer he throws strikes he doesn't walk and he gets a bunch he gets a bunch of strikeouts and especially now that he's throwing that slider more I mean, it's going to be tough for anybody to hit him. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think I think with the Indians bullpen, 
obviously you get more into this when you go to, but I think like you know the bottom four probably, the bottom three I guess. But, well, Karachek's hurt right now. I yeah, so yeah, so, like Karinczak's when Karachek comes back, you know. Mm-hmm. But like it's Clause back there and Shaw for sure, you know that, and then it gets like Sandlin. I think Sandlin. So yeah, four Sandlin and Karachek. When Karachek's back, you have those. You have a solid four back there. I think then all the surprises come in. It's like Trevor Stephan. He did pretty good last year. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. can you rely on him again? I like him. Um, Anthony Ghost. Oh, Goose. How do you say his last name? Hard throwing lefty. He's 32 now. But, I mean, do you have faith in him to be the lefty out of the bullpen? It seems like they do. They didn't sign nobody else. Well, no, that, that uh, Connor uh, uh, Pinkerington um, made the team. Oh, yeah. Yes. I forgot about that. Yep. You're right. So, yeah. So, so, so and he, we have two lefties he, in the bedroom? Yeah. I forgot. Is he the. Oh, um, did they get him? I from think we got him for the White Sox. Or the White Sox. Tampa? Uh, the Tampa White for... no, it was the White Sox. The White Sox. Okay, first Caesar, right? Yeah. Which I mean, that tra- that trade is already working out in our favor. I mean, oh yeah, to get a, se- a second lefty out of the bullpen, um, is you know pretty awesome. Huge, in my opinion. And, and didn't have, I mean, I hate I don't like Hedges or Allen, so <laughs> no, no. And I think <laughs> I think Allen makes a team because he's out of options. Um, Hedges might, I don't know. I think they, they like they have him already on the team. Um, looking at the active roster, that's what I'm, um, yeah, I'm looking at too. So, but I, I, I get, I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't really yeah. trust. I don't think there's Sam any Hedges way four either. lefties make the bullpen. I feel like a, a move happens, there's no way, yeah. But I mean, here's the thing if they're you know, the with the expanded rosters. To oh, 28, what is it, 28, 28 now? for this month um because of the the short and spring training you might need you know a logan allen or a sam hedges to go an inning yeah or so which i mean it's not necessarily a bad thing like you know they they don't really need a number five starter for for a while i think i think it's that white Sox series uh after the um after the opening series against the giants so because of the off days and everything so i mean you know, they, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they work guys like, uh, cause I think they already announced their, the, the, the four starters. So it's going right. to go, uh, Bieber opening day, Thursday, please Cal on Sunday. And then Monday against the reds, um, is, uh, is, uh, Savali. So, and then like five days and then like that last game, against the Reds because it's a two-game series, that would be five days for Shane Bieber. So I don't know if they want an extra day for him to, you know, get healthy or, like, not get healthy, but, like, you know, an extra day of rest. Right. Or, like, hey, let's continue on, like, the five days for for you um, so you could kind of build up your workload, like, like a spring training. Because I don't expect them to go deep into the games, maybe five, six innings at most. Like, maybe a Shane – like I would say maybe a Shane Bieber, but like, you know, who knows? He's coming off of an injury last year. So maybe you don't want to, you know, overuse him like this early in the year. You know what I mean? Right. But it's also Tito. So that's why you never know. Yeah. But like, he loves to overuse his pitchers, especially if they're hot. Yeah. But, the, but he likes to overuse the bullpen guys. The starters True. he's, he's pretty cautious with, especially early on, like in the season. Yeah. Um, 
so that'll be interesting. But I, I see why they, they have the Logan Allens, the Sam Hinges, even though I really have no, I really have no uh, belief in those two guys, just because they, they just don't throw strikes consistently. You know what I mean? Right. And mm-hmm. maybe, like, you would think maybe Sam Hinges being, what, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, like, man, a, a lefty who could just throw strikes and have, and, and have a plus fastball, like, that should be pretty good. But, man, it, it's... It was rough watching him in spring training. And same with Logan Allen. Like, you know, it's crazy. He's already out out of options, but he's only 24 years old. So you're kind of like, well, shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Logan Allen, probably one of the bigger disappointments that I remember is Indians farm system. And, I mean, I think he was the the main prospect in the Trevor Bauer trade, if I remember correctly. So Um, Was it the Bauer? Yeah, I think it was the Bauer one. He, I, I think it was a Bauer one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, let's see. Scrolling down. Was it Clevenger? No, Clevenger was Arias. Arias, I mean. Yeah, Clevenger was Arias and um, Cal Quantrill and Austin Hedges and stuff like that. So yeah, I think, Lo- I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Logan three Allen team trade. Was, yep, yeah, three team trade with the Reds. Yep. And like the significant prospect, I mean, because obviously Fran Mill was, an extremely important part of that deal too. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, but I mean, here's a, here's a good thing. You know what you're going to get from somebody like uh, Brian Shaw. I think you're, I think you'd be pretty confident in Nick Sandlin, the way he pitched last year. Um, mm-hmm. I think they kind of want to ease him in because he had an injury and uh, you know, you have your closer, but it's like Anthony Gulls, like he, he he showed that he has some electric stuff last year. Can he consistently throw strikes? That's like that's always a question. Um, right. But it but it is something that like somebody who just kind of transitioned to pitching a couple years ago might be the most important lefty out of your bullpen. While you have guys like Sam Hentges and and Logan Allen who were you know thought of as 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 top prospects yet. You might trust Dulles in a in a high leverage situation where you need a lefty. Like right. I don't know, that's kind of sad to me. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of disappointing. But I we've agree. seen but I mean we've seen, you know, guys like you know, like a Sam Hendricks or Logan Allen where they don't really necessarily make it uh as starting pitchers. And I don't think they've completely given up on them. Um, but they go to the bullpen. I mean, I mean, Carrasco was probably the biggest one, right? Like they put yeah. him in the bullpen after he struggled and next thing you know, I mean, he became a, a, a borderline all-star for, for Cleveland in, in that rotation for, for that, for those runs uh, the last, you know, 10 years, but people forget, like he was bad. Um, really bad. Yeah. He was, he was re- at people. Yeah. He was. Yeah. <laughs> people do forget about that. Like he was yeah, intentionally yeah. throwing at players. He, he heard, he got hurt. And then when he was brought back, because uh, he had Tommy John surgery, he had to sit out like 10 games or whatever because he threw at, was it Billy Butler or something like that? I want to say, yeah, somebody like that, like you don't throw at. Like it, it makes no sense even throw at him. Yeah, and so he had to serve that suspension a year or two, or two seasons after <laughs> because, you know, yeah. he was lost, he lost that 2012 season because of Tommy John. So, um but I mean, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic 
because of the bullpen. Um, just because, like, like I said last year, it was like can't check class A, like, like who's gonna be the eighth inning, who's gonna be the ninth inning guy. Well, we know who the ninth inning guy is. The eighth inning guy is kind of to be determined, but I mean, I'll I'll trust Brian Shaw when they give him the ball in the eighth inning because, I mean, he's Brian Shaw. Like, exactly, he's he's gonna finish his career with Cleveland as as pitching in the most games in franchise history. Yep. And there's nothing anybody could do about it. Like, I think the meme of like Brian Shaw, like I used to like meme about him, like, oh, he sucks, blah, 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 blah. But like, you don't see, you don't see relief pitchers like him, especially for like one team. And usually like the really good ones, like they, they, like he went out and he got paid by uh, the Rockies which I mean, like great for him, but like, oof, his career was with the Rockies was just awful. It was really bad. But I mean, you know, you're he's a fly ball pitcher pitching in Colorado. Like, what do you expect? Right, so, <laughs> right. Um, but, Colorado to make a good run there. Right, but I like I I trust Brian Shaw. I like Nick Sandlin a lot. Trevor Steffen, uh, I think pitched well. You know, I thought he pitched pretty well last year as a rule five guy um you know if you know Eli Morgan makes it in the bullpen somewhere like they're gonna they're gonna platoon a lot of these like like that like guys um and what I mean by platoon is you know maybe maybe a please only goes four or five innings and then you know you bring in uh uh I don't know an Eli Morgan or a Tristan McKenzie to go you know two or three innings just to kind of build up everybody so everybody's at the this on the same level and then you know you'll send a, an Eli Morgan down maybe so he could just like consistently be that get getting into a rhythm as a as a starting pitcher and pitch every five days just in case you need him so, right no oh, yeah I agree um is there anybody in that bullpen that that you're like could have a breakout year like I kind of um, out I of nowhere I think a guy to keep your eye on is I think he's like twelfth in the prospect list. It's Cody Morris. Um, he he could get called up because this bullpen is so weird. Like like we just said, he could get called up, and I think he's a guy to keep your eye on. He throws strikes, big arm. Keep an eye on him. Um, but I expect Closet to do exactly what he did last year, but better. I think he'll be the best reliever of baseball. I think Karachek when he comes back shows who he is again. And that's the thing. I don't – the bullpen, the the last four guys in the bullpen do not scare me. It's the rest of the bullpen that makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. But outside the bottom four, they do not – like, I, the bullpen I'm, like, not mad about because especially when you say the bottom four, if this rotation – maybe not the beginning of the year because, like you said, they're probably going to take it easy on them. But, like, first – after the like, first month, I expect the rotation to go six innings, seven innings. Oh, yeah. To get this bullpen the thing. So that's why I'm not that nervous about the pitching. Obviously, I need everybody to stay healthy, but everybody stays healthy and everybody plays the way they should. The bullpen shouldn't be used as much because of how good the pitching will be. Sorry, rotation. Right, 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 right. And that was really the issue last year, right? I mean, that, that first couple, you know, two months of the year when you had your your starting pitching, you know, go a significant amount, um, at least with Bieber and Plezak and Savali, you know, like that, that bullpen – it wasn't taxed to the amount that it was like in June and July when those guys got hurt 
and then you're you kind of have the growing pains with Tristan McKenzie and, and Cal Quantrill uh, because I mean the two starts I remember that that were really rough it was McKenzie against Chicago and he gave up like a grand slam and he gave up like eight runs in like two innings and it was just rough and then I remember the Cal Quantrill start in in Baltimore where he gave up like seven runs in the first inning and you know, it's just like, man, but like, those are the growing pains. And then, yep. you know, you see what happens the second half of the year. I mean, anytime those guys were starting, it was must watch because you, mm-hmm. you just electric stuff, like, like from start to finish. So um, yeah, the hope is by the, by the middle of the year, the bullpen isn't taxed to the extent it was early on last year. So even though right. you're going to have the starting pitching, the first month of the year kind of ease their way into like their innings and their pitch limit. But I still don't think it'll take that long. Maybe, maybe two or three starts, maybe by May 1st. I mean, they're going to have to right by May 1st when they cut the roster by two um, back to 26, right. you know, they're going to have to get into a flow, but you know, knowing Tito and knowing how much he loves his bullpen guys, like it wouldn't surprise me. Well, wait a minute. I think there's a limit. I think there's a limit on four. Is it 14 or 13 pitchers that you could have on your, I think roster. it's 14. But I like I said, we have so many pitchers, I think they send two down. Well, right, right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Whatever it is, I feel like it comes out of the pitching. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it always does. Like, but... when you cut the rosters, you don't need Hedges and Allen. You probably don't need either one, but you don't need both. And I think at that point, probably Hedges goes down because, again, Logan Allen's out of options already. Yeah, unless Allen is completely dog shit, then I could see them just designating him for assignment, maybe. But. Yeah, but at 24, yeah. man, I feel like I feel like yeah, they're gonna try I, to make it work. I do, I do too. But at some point, you gotta realize that maybe he is who he is, and it yeah. sucks to say because I, I was a big Allen guy when we got him. But he has really upset me. <laughs> yeah, and it sucks that like in spring training last year he was awesome, Cal yeah. was awful, and and then you see what happens like by the end of the year where Logan Allen was pitching out of the bullpen and struggling. You know, I mean, he was a little bit better out of the bullpen. But, you know, he struggled the entire year. And, and Cal was good in the bullpen uh, to start the year last year. And then, you know, when he had to make some starts, wasn't that effective in the first half? But then in the second half, man, like that guy was that guy was awesome. Right. So I agree. All right. So let's talk about the lineup. Um, I think we all I think we know the first, what, four in the lineup. I think probably um, know the first five. But yeah. So Miles Straw in center. Yep. Rosario batting second, left. playing left field. Yes. It seems like. Jose at yep. third. Getting yep. third. Framil DHing. And then five, six, seven, eight, nine is kind of up in the air. Um yeah. so what do, what do you think? What like your ideal, maybe not day one lineup, but like you know, by the middle of May? Like, what, what are you projecting that lineup to look like? Honestly, my day one and middle of May are kind of the same, except for one change, I'll say. So my day one is Bradley at, Bradley hitting fifth at first. Okay. Chain at six, hitting second. I mean, <laughs> at six. At batting six, chain, playing second. Mm-hmm. Seven, I have Jimenez at shortstop. Um, eight, Hodges. And nine, Quan. I think seven and nine can switch depending on how they want to do the lineup. Doesn't bother me. Um, but my only, the only thing I think I could switch by May is that if Chain doesn't play good, they could put him back to a utility role, send him down, and then 
uh, Arius could be called up. Yeah, it really seems like Arius is is going to be brought up sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, I think if he does get called up too, Jimenez goes to second, Arias goes to short. I just yeah. think because he has – I think Jimenez is a great shortstop. Don't get me wrong, Jimenez. But I think he uh, he has the the ability to play second at a high level too. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it. I don't think we've seen it from Arias yet, even though he is a stud defensively too. I just think you keep him at short where he's more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, Jimenez is weird because, man, last year he was not great. Or he was streaky, let's just say that. Um, yeah. But he was – but he's a significant uh, prospect in the Francisco Lindor deal, so I do not see them giving up on him. Um, yeah. But when you have Arias, you know, just chomping at the bit um, to be brought, to be called up, I think you're right. Um I think Jimenez has a because defensively he's really good. It's just like yeah. will the bat will the bat play? Um, this spring training, I mean, obviously it's spring training, so it's you know you take it with a grain of salt. But he really signif- uh, he he's really cut down the strikeouts because uh, last year was rough, especially for yeah. somebody who doesn't hit for power. Um, and, you know, he, I mean, he had problems even just doing the little things like hitting ninth, moving runners over, bunting, like, like all that, all that stuff was, was extremely tough, but in spring training, hitting 400, obviously it's 22 at bats, but I mean, you hit 400, it's, right. it's pretty significant, right? Like you're seeing the ball pretty well. Same thing with chain. Um, like I have a feeling that what they're going to do is I, I don't see Bobby Bradley playing first against lefties. Um, you think they could like rotate chain in the first? Yeah, and have Owen Miller probably play some first base or you know play some second base with uh, against lefties with chain. Um, you know, because I can see that with Josh and what. So Josh Naylor is going to start the year on the IR or yeah injured list or yeah. whatever. Um, same thing with backup catcher Luke Mele. So uh, Brian Lavastida who is there? I wanted to look. I think it's the, I think he's their number 15 prospect, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I had um, it up. Let me look through. I had it, I had it, I had it up too, but it, my computer's being very Yeah, he's right 12. Now. Okay, so 12. Um, I, is Quan 15? Is that who I saw? Yeah, Quan's 15, yep. Okay, okay. So, obviously, this is their number 12 prospect. Um, you know, just, I mean, in the minors, plus bat, like all the way. It just like defensively, yeah. you know, what are you, you know, what are you gonna get? Obviously, he kind of struggled in um, spring training this year. I don't think he recorded a hit, but he he had a couple walks, so he could see the ball. You know, he sees the ball well enough to you know maybe be that backup catcher. Uh, so it's like, I don't know. I I think that he has a legit shot of winning the catcher job this year too. Yeah, I mean, if he, uh, I, I mean, if he hits, if he hits the way he hits. If he it, like, I always say like, if if you, it's kind of like uh, Rosario. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. he's not great at shortstop, but if you hit the way you hit, you'll find a spot left. Look at him now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a chance he still plays shortstop Thursday, but I mean, either way, he's gonna be in the lab just because of his bat. I think the same goes for Brian. Like, if he hits the way he hits, and especially we have Hedges behind him, who is a defensive whiz, but can't hit. Like, you can. You'll find that bats for this guy, this kid. Yeah, I think um, 
I think we saw their lineup yesterday was it seemed to be their uh, opening day lineup for Thursday. So it's Straw, Rosario on left, Jose, Fran Mill, Bobby Bradley, uh, Jimenez, Chang, Zimmer, Austin Hedges. Yeah, I just I don't I just, my only issue, I don't think Zimmer's in that lineup the opening day. I don't know why. I just I mean he's been god awful. I think you had to give it to Quan, but who knows? I mean, you're going from one extreme to the other, right? Like you're going. Yeah, to... I'd rather have a guy who puts the ball in play every at bat that strikes out. I mean, he I mean he leads the majors now in strikeouts in spring training. Yeah, it's rough, and it's it's really <laughs> rough. Um, and and that's kind of like the the predicament that they're in right now is with guys like Mercado, with guys like Zimmer, um, both thought of really highly, but. You know, Mercado's played pretty uh, pretty well in spring. I mean, maybe they keep him. I mean, I, it sounds like he's going to make the roster staying with Zimmer. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you need that right-handed outfielder um, so you don't have to put all the pressure on, on Stephen Kwan, you know, to play against lefties. But I think – I don't really think it really matters with his splits, right? Like, he's going right. to not strike out. He's going to put the ball in play. So, you know, you expect him – to you know it shouldn't be like that big of an issue uh playing against lefties but you know how tito likes to platoon those guys um, i know and i mean maybe like you know you have mercado maybe he plays right field you have rosario and left and then you know that opens up you know uh jimenez playing short against lefties and then you have uh like owen miller at second or chang at second and then you know, one of those guys at first against lefties, like, like, I think that's, you know, you can make that work, especially early on in the year. Um, right. I think like, ideally when everybody's healthy, like middle of May, I think you got to put Arias in, in your, in your lineup. Um, you got to kind of pencil him in somewhere. Cause I think he gets brought up, you know, in around May um, Naylor comes back. And I think, you know, you just play him every single day because I think he, he was showing some real promise as a guy who finally got a significant opportunity and significant at-bats to show, you know, what he is. And I think, like, ideally, you hit him fifth when he's healthy, have him play right, um, and then maybe working up in a Bobby Bradley hitting sixth. The only issue, right, is, you know, you, you go you, – you're very left-handed – heavy for a couple batters but like if Arias is playing short then you have him hitting seventh then Jimenez hitting eighth or Austin hitting uh Hedges hitting eighth and then you know Jimenez or Hedges hitting ninth I think ideally to start off like that's your best lineup and I think you know for Arias I mean he might be whenever he gets brought up maybe he's your your third or fourth best hitter but to put him lower in the lineup and you don't have to um, put a lot of pressure on him like we did with Lindor like basically right away when we we called him up um yeah you kind of have him ease into the game and you know if if he's a lot better you know you hit him maybe you hit him fifth and then you hit Naylor sixth and Bobby Bradley seventh like you know they they have uh they have options I mean yeah and I think with guys like Tyler Freeman who's hurt guys like Nolan Jones, who's hurt, um, you know, it's right now it's kind of like first come first serve, you know what I mean? With, with a lot of those guys. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Uh, 
they, the thing, the sad thing is for Tyler Freeman, and if he never gets hurt last year, and then this year now, I think he's the guy that you look at before Arias, just because he's been. I feel like we've been talking about him forever. Mm-hmm. I feel like Arias has jumped him now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we have we have so many people in our. We talk about all the time. We have. I think I just looked out the top ten of our in our system. The five of them are infielders, and three of the top five are infielders. And when I say infield, I think all of them are legitimately like middle. Yeah, they're all like, middle infielders. So Arias, yeah, the, Rocchio, Freeman. Yeah, and we also have another guy. If you had the list up, um, I'll talk about him super quickly. He is number eighteen, Richie. I'm gonna I'm gonna make mess up his last name, but. Palosis, Palisius. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he uh, he's 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 a stud, and he's been playing second base for his first two years in the minors, and then last year they actually uh put him out to the corner spots, uh, and center he played. He is fast, puts the ball in play, and he's projected to be somewhere on this team this year to be called up. I'm not saying it will happen because it's also the, how Cleveland, they, don't, they never call up guys when they're supposed to half the time. Mm-hmm. But if he gets caught up too, he could make a case for being in a being in the lineup too. We have a lot of young guys coming up, and that's what that's what's nice about this team, but also scary because our team is so young as is. So it's like, where do we find these at-bats for the guys? Yeah, and you want to give them a significant, like, amount of at-bats to at least have a chance without, like, giving up on them, which is why I don't think they'll give up on Logan Allen so quickly. Um but it also sucks, like, you know, you have one more year of options with uh, Jimenez because he was brought up with the Mets in 2020. So right. you could bring, you could send him down up to five times this year. But I think, I think they'll keep him up. Um, right. Same thing, but like guys like uh, Barely Zimmer, like he's out of options. Guys like Mercado's out of options. Uh, Yu Chang's out of options. Uh, I mean, you could send down Owen Miller, but. Man, if he hits against lefties, maybe you want to keep him as a platoon guy. Like, right. And oh, and yeah. I don't think you'd want to. Let me think. I don't think you would want to bring up one of the top prospects and not give them everyday at bats. Right. That's why I think there's no way that Quan doesn't start. I just don't see why. It doesn't seem like a Cleveland move to call up a top guy that everybody's been talking about and not play him. I know he's a 15 prospect, but for this outfield, he's probably one of the top guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then one last, just real quickly, I, wa- I don't know if you're watching the screen training game at all in the background. Uh, um, I forgot that it was okay. on. <laughs> okay, so uh, guys at first, Quan, top second. I know it's screen training, so I'm not going to get too excited, but top first, top second, sorry. We have a guy at first, Quan's up. Bob Bradley's at first. Quan, one, two, one, one count, swings at a pitch, kind of out of the zone, fouls it off. He's mad at himself. I'm like, so one, two. Next two pitches, he fouls off. Next pitch, in the dirt, doesn't swing. Bobby goes to second base. Good read by him. All Quan needs to do is just pull the ball, then get the third. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Next pitch, not really good pitch, but what does he do? Pulls it to second base, gets thrown to third. That's why I love this kid. Like, any other guy is right there is thinking, like, I need to – like most players these days, like I need to put that ball in the outfield. I need to, mm-hmm. I need to crank one, get the guy in. Quan does a little thing, and that's something we need. And of course, then Jimenez strikes out behind him, so it doesn't even matter. But yeah, I just, yeah, I just, Quan is my guy. I feel like Quan is like the player Tito just absolutely loves. Yeah. And he's going to do everything you want him to do. Yeah, I feel like, man, I feel like he, he should, man. 
Like he also bet six this game. Just saying, he bet at six and Jimenez is seventh. I don't know if that yeah, says I mean, a lot. And then, but yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I like that because you know if you know because here's the issue with like somebody like Bobby Bradley, he does strike out a ton. Um, right. But you hope the hope is that you know he could cut down a little bit on the strikeouts with more reps, with more at bats. But you know you're going to get a lot of power with Bobby Bradley. So right. you kind of just deal with that if he's your number five hitter. But let's just say you have Fran Mill hits a, a double and Bobby Bradley strikes out. Well, then you have Quan hitting six. You know, maybe, like, you know, he, he'll put the ball in play. Because you right, know that's what's going to happen. Know. And then you never know what's going to happen, right? Like, that was right. that's what we've always said with, with Quan. Like, you know, you put the ball in play. You never know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen when you strike out. You're going to walk right back to, to the dugout. So Right. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll all be for that kind of lap. I mean, honestly, I think I think the other thing, too, I think the double leadoff kind of gets out of the way a little bit when people talk about the lineup in general. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, you only hit in your lineup the first time around. Right. And then it's all whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I understand what, why you'd put him ninth. But, honestly, you bet him sixth, seventh, ninth, it doesn't really bat- matter to me. He's gonna, he, like you said, he's gonna do exactly what he does. You you don't got to worry about him. But also, like, say you hit him ninth, right? You know, um, you know that those late innings come come around. He gets on base, then you got the top of the lineup. You got Miles Straw. You got uh, Rosario. You got Jose Ramirez. Like, instead that's, of that's speed, four straight hitters. Yeah, instead of honestly five. Uh, you think Jimenez is down there yeah. too? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. If you want to hit yeah. uh, Jimenez ninth, like, you know, like I don't, yeah, I don't really think that you could go wrong either way. I mean, it sucks. It's really sucks that Austin Hedges like never really developed as a hitter. Um, yeah. Because defensively, I mean, he is. He could call a great game. He's you know defensively one of the best catchers in baseball. Um, but even if it was just like, if he could just, if he could be a Mike Zanino, if he could be like that one year in in. San Diego, where he hit 17 home runs, like right, you would absolutely love that as your number eight hitter. But like, if the power's not there, you know, weirdly enough, last year he hit like 280 with runners on base, runners in scoring position. Yeah, like he was yeah. very clutch for somebody who, I mean, it, it's like he's swinging a pool noodle out there, like because <laughs> he's just, like the way he swings, like it's just so. I don't know. It feels so nonchalant sometimes. Like he'll hit a home run. And it's like, oh wait, he made significant contact, and it's like, no wait, it's yeah. going. Like he's got the power, but it's oh, just yeah. like, man, it's it's rough sometimes. Yeah, consistency. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this lineup is just so interesting. It's it could go either way because I I I really like Miles Straw. I think he he could have a really really good year this year. Um, I think last year he hit like 285 after the trade, you know, knowing that he's, he's our center fielder going forward. Um, and defensively, I mean, he made everybody better and defensively he makes every play in the outfield and center field. Right. So that yeah. that's going to improve your pitching staff. That's going to improve, you know, the corner, uh, outfielder, especially when you have Rosario playing left field, you know, a newer position for him. Um, and then like Rosario, like he's not, he doesn't have to be that, that, that quarterback in the outfield when he is playing outfield, like he could just play right. left field and just, you know, kind of ease into that where he doesn't have the pressure of playing center field 
um because i think that really affected his 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 bat and i think everybody kind of saw that because when he moved back to shortstop full time uh that's when he his bat just went off and you know he hit 280 which i think like he's done that more than his bad year uh in the the shortened season so i'm gonna right. just project him to be a 275 280 hitter he's, he's gonna strike out some but man he if he gets hot as anybody like like you know you got to keep that bat in the lineup which is which honestly that tells me arius is or arius is he's going to be called up sooner rather than later because if they yeah. didn't expect him to be even if it was like a july like call up i feel like they would keep rosario at short and then maybe look to move him at the deadline but because they expect Arias to, to be part of this team early. I think that's why you like you make the move for Rosario to, 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 to play left field um, almost every single day or majority of the time when yeah. Arias is even on the, the team yet. I 100% agree. So, um, so I think what I think I put my lineup like ideally is Straw, Rosario, Jose, Framil. Then five, I would, I think I would put Naylor, like okay. when he's healthy in right. Then Bobby Bradley, uh, six, Aria seventh, uh, eight, probably Austin Hedges, and then nine, uh, Jimenez. I, I think, I think that's a pretty good lineup to, yeah, like in the middle of May. But I mean, hey, here's the real issue. You bring up Arias, but Stephen Kwan is hitting well. Like maybe maybe you don't bring up or like let me rephrase. Maybe you don't bring up Arias just yet because Stephen Kwan is actually playing pretty well. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, look, if you if you bring up Arias, right, then you you expect Naylor to be back, and he you have him kind of he's your right fielder going forward. Yeah. Then, I think it goes off a lot of things. Like, is Bobby playing good? I mean, do you want? Do you necessarily want Josh Naylor playing first, though? No, no, no. I'm just saying. Like, I think it goes off a lot of things. But yeah, I. Because the issue is, Arius is you. You want him at shortstop, right? Then, him. Then, like, who do you want at second? Then, if if Quan's playing well and Naylor's back then you probably have to put Rosario at second, right? Or maybe you put Arias at, at, at second for the time being and and you put Rosario back at short with no yeah, bananas? I, I don't know. I think then you got to make a move. <laughs> well, well, right, like, because that's the issue with not – I mean, it's a, it's a good place it's to – a good issue to have. Good issue to have, right? Because you have the Ariases, you have the Rokios, you have Richie uh, – Palacio, you have Tyler Freeman, you have Nolan Jones, like all these guys we've heard for years, especially like Nolan Jones and Tyler Freeman. Um, like at some point, you're going to have to give, once they get healthy, like you're going to have to find and give them an opportunity to, to play, right? Yeah. Which unfortunately kind of brings it back to the whole Jose Ramirez thing. It's like, well, if you trade Jose, you're going to get a lot of prospects back. And it opens up a spot for 
maybe a Tyler Freeman to play third base. Maybe. I got a little bit of breaking news for you. A okay. A little bit. Okay. Uh, the Padres are making a run at Jose Ramirez before the trade deadline. What? By the Hector Gomez. Um. Another reporter just said, if the deal is made, um, Makata will ship this short. And when Tatis comes back, he will go to the outfield. If a deal was made. I mean. We have made a lot of trades with the Padres, too. I know. God, I mean, damn. I'm not I mean, trading Jose, but if you trade Jose, you got to get three top five prospects. At least. I mean, you got to get home. I can't believe like I can't believe this happened. Right. We opened the podcast talking about a Jose Ramirez extension. I mean, if you yes, get, I'm not if saying you it's a, happening. Let's just say, OK, it's a run. Yeah. If you if I'm that, looking right now, you, you got to get CJ Abrams. You got to get CJ. You got to be in the door. You probably get. Luis Composa, the catcher. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least those. And then two, maybe even, yeah. At least I mean, those two, in my opinion. Probably, probably. I mean, you probably want the hitters, right? Just Abrams. Yeah. Compazzo. Um, maybe either Ryan Weathers or a Mackenzie Gore type player, like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. You think we get a major league bat in that deal if it happened? I mean, like who? That's what I mean. I'm trying to figure out like who will be the odd man out. Like, cause, like obviously, I don't. Uh, Brian, Brian, the the Fadas, whatever his name is, just a double for the Indians for his first hit. Guardians. Oh, there you go. Um, um, but um, Levastida. Sorry, I'm really bad with names. You guys are fine now. I can really pronounce my own. Um, uh, but like, I'm trying to think of guys that would be the odd man out. You know what I mean? But, like, I don't want Will Myers. No, I mean, I don't want. Not, why, I don't want Eric Hosmer. Well, I'm saying would, if they shift Tatis the outfield. Oh, when he yeah, comes yeah. back, they could they could uh, they could lose a Will Myers. I mean, they're already going to lose. They could they could end up losing a Will Myers. That's what I'm saying. But like, um, I mean, a guy that I would like I would like a lot, but they but I, they wouldn't give us his Cronenworth, but they won't give us him. I don't think. Yeah, and they're not going to give you like a Trent Grisham type player probably either. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like it has to be all prospects. Even though I mean, if you okay, let me ask you this: if you get C.J. Abrams and Cronenworth. Would be the top two guys. Would you do it? Obviously, no. You don't want to do it, but let's just say you have to trade Jose. Like he's not resigning. Right? I mean, it all comes. Oh, to the end. It, he said he's not resigning. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, if you can see J. Abrams, I mean, you you sign him, and your middle infield is him and Arias, and you sign them both to ten year. Like with Abrams, I feel like you. And same thing with Arias, but if you trade for Abrams, like you bring him up for, for game one and you sign him to a 10-year deal and kind of like what the Braves did with uh, – what's his name? Um, Ozzie. Ozzie Albies, Ozzie. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, honestly, if you get Abrams, obviously – we're doing this with the fact that we want Jose. We obviously oh, yeah. want Jose. Oh, There's a little bit of that there. But if they, they go through and we got Abrams, I mean – how does the middle in because Arias has played Arias has played third in the minors? I mean, mm-hmm. a middle infield of Ari, I mean, an infield of Arias at third, just pretend. I mean, you could shuffle it around. Abrams at short, Jimenez at second, Bobby at first. I mean, 
for the yeah, future. I mean, for that's the, a really good infield. Yeah, for for the time being. Yeah, and yeah. like the whole thing with like now, I mean, people may be a little high or low on on Bobby Bradley. The the issue is like they just don't really. They have all these middle infield prospects. They don't really have um, uh, first baseman prospects, really. Yeah, they have they had Jacoti and Noel. Yeah, they but have he's, Noel. He's but, a I couple mean, he's, of yeah, years he's away, a couple so. years away. Yeah, and it's like unless you're gonna throw a Josh Naylor at first base, which I just uh, I saw that last year enough, and it was rough. Right. The one guy I wonder why they never tried him at first either is Nolan Jones. Yeah. I mean, if you can pl- if you can play third, you can play first. I mean, yeah, the, the issue is, like, they never even, like, like you said, they never even tried it. He's played one career yeah. game at first base in the minor leagues. Yeah, didn't you argue with somebody last year? Yeah, because yeah, they're That's like, the no one joined. I was like, yeah, the dude... uh the dude was like, oh, well, Nolan Jones is your should be your opening day first baseman yeah, next year. And I go first base. <laughs> yeah. Like they've been developing him at first base. And I like, I'm like, I don't think so. I think he's been playing more <laughs> outfield. And like I lo- literally looked up his his uh, baseball reference page and I was like, he's only played one fucking game at first base. <laughs> he's played more games tweet. at shortstop than first base. <laughs> what do you do? What? No. And he's not, not a, he's yeah. he's not a third baseman. Yeah. That's the thing. No. He's not he's just he's not that good defensively at third. I mean, he's awful at third base. So right. to put him in the outfield, maybe put him at first base, like sure. Like the first base is a is an ideal MOB the show type thing, right? Because it's like, yeah. oh, oh yeah. he's say he's a third baseman, so his secondary's first base. But like exactly. ideally, I like ideally, yes, but it's like in practice, he's only played one game at first base. So yeah, I don't know about that. Straw just hit in that Brian guy for an oh. RBI. Well, there, there we go. <laughs> there we go. And like, I, I really like Miles Straw a lot. I think. Oh yeah, I love Straw. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna flourish just like, and I think he's gonna flourish. And he's a guy who doesn't really strike out that much. He puts the ball mm-hmm. in play. He gets on base. He steals bases. And you know, having having a runner on that can run is going to set up things for Rosario is going to set up things for Jose, you know, even more than Hernandez last year when he was the leadoff hitter, because it was either he hits a leadoff home run or he strikes he out. out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was basically it last year. So, but you have somebody like Miles Straw, who's, I mean, I saw um, the betting odds. He's like the eighth, seventh or eighth favorite to, to lead the league in stolen bases. Oh, I think he could easily lead it. I mean, he could, right? I mean, yeah. And especially a full season for, with Tito, when yeah, Tito loves the steel guys. And especially this year with, you know, I think we talked about it when, um, when for them to win games, they're going to have to be extremely aggressive on the base pass. And that means stealing. That means going first or third. And with this lineup and with the speed that they have, I mean, I, I don't see that. I, I don't see how like they don't do that. And they don't do And right. last year when they, when they did do it at at times, they were extremely efficient. I think Jimenez was uh, was a perfect uh, twelve for twelve on stolen bases. Uh, Miles Straw, I think, stole close to you know twenty five bases. Um, okay. Obviously, we know Jose is a is a great stolen. Uh, yeah, is a great uh, guy running the bases. And you know, if if God forbid, uh, uh, Bradley Zimmer ever gets on base. <laughs> Like he could steal some bases. Uh, Stephen Kwan, like he's got the speed. He didn't steal a lot of bases in the minor leagues, but 
you know, maybe with the the lack yeah. of that in the minor leagues, like you know, maybe people sleep on him and maybe they get aggressive. Like I like I could see Fred Mill stealing a couple bases and, and Bobby Bradley stealing a couple bases just to like keep keep teams honest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, we're, I agree. we're we're gonna be aggressive on the base pass. We're gonna we're gonna take that extra base um, because like because we have to in order for us to win games and and uh, be I don't know what is the word I'm trying to think like ass- like assertive no I don't know if that's yeah. the word the right word but like you know like we get we have to do this in order to win games and and to create opportunities to to score runs yes I agree hundred percent so um is there anything else you wanted to talk about because i mean honestly we could just we could talk about the ship yeah especially with this team i mean and especially with the you know you know the semi-breaking news that like hey add another team because it was the blue jays that are interested you know i'm sure seattle's interested um and now the padres and it seems like every year I mean, look at the padres team i i mean same with I, I mean, I, I, I hate to look at people, but the Padres, their team, if they if we get what we want for them, for Jose, I mean, I feel like that's a team, but that's just – that's a deadly fucking game then. Holy shit. Yeah, I think if that happens, I'd have to pick them to be the number two team. In- yeah, and even if you get their top – even if you don't get an MLB bat, but you get their top two prospects, you get Abrams and that catcher, like, you're, I think you're happy with that. Obviously, He's- you want more, I feel like, but – Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, hey, you have, you know, your catcher of the future. Um, and then, you know, hey, maybe because you don't have a, a, a pure first baseman prospect, maybe you end up moving a, a guy like uh, Bo Naylor to first. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened after that deal. But, I mean, obviously, like we said, even if it happens tonight, maybe there'll be a pot tonight. Who knows? The world will let you guys know exactly what happens if anything happens with this news. Yep, one hundred percent, we will. And uh, man, what a what a weird episode, man. We we had <laughs> so we started, you know, with some lows, and then we kind of built ourselves up some with some excitement, like, hey, this team has a chance, and. You know, we got a lot of young guys like, you know, in the, in the lineup and, you know, the starting pitching is going to be good. And now it's like, well, Jose Ramirez could be traded yeah, right. because, yep. because of a, uh, they can't, if they can't get an extension done. God, but wouldn't it be so awesome wow. if like all this, all this stuff and then either tonight or tomorrow something comes out and they're like, yep, agree to an extension. It would be such yeah. a relief. It would be a I relief it. and it would be pure joy. Like, yeah. I'd probably go out and buy a Jose Ramirez t-shirt jersey thing. Yep. I, I hope. I hope. All right. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Does it get done? What do you, what do you think happens at the deadline? And think, honestly, think, saying, I, saying nothing, like they just play out the year, but it's always in the back of your head. Like, I think you could, you could say that too. Cause I feel like that's I, I probably think something the most, gets done. In my opinion, now I think something gets either a trade or he resigns. I don't think nothing happens. I'm at that point now. I hate to say that, but I think one he signs or gets traded. I don't think they stand back. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think they're they don't want to like lose out value like they did with Lindor? Yes, that's the that's the feeling I have now. 
Damn. Damn, people. They, they better get a fucking deal done, man. Yeah, better get a fucking haul, is all I can say. I can't, like, I just can't do it, though. As know, exciting as C.J. Abrams could be, <laughs> and and um, the catcher or Mackenzie Gore or, you know, whoever, right? E- I mean, even like a, like, just, just let's just say, like, pie in the sky like a Julio Rodriguez type deal. Like, that would be insane, right? But even as exciting that could be, like, you have a guy who's going to hit close to 40 home runs, steal 30 bases, who wants to be here, who's going to hit, you know, somewhere between 280 and 300, play great defense at third base, and somebody who all the players in, in your minor leagues can look up to. And go like I want to be Jose Ramirez. I want to be. I want to play well, play the game the right way, play with a lot of joy, play with this, play with Cleveland the majority of his career. And like I just, my whole thing is when you when you're building out your roster, you need guys like Jose Ramirez, for for guys like Arias and Freeman and Valera. What? Not just for this year, but like for 2024, when you expect them to be called up and be in your, you know, their first full season or second season as major league baseball players, you know, because, you know, not all of them are going to succeed, but the likelihood that they are with in, in a lineup with Jose Ramirez, like when you have Miles Straw, then maybe Arias and then Jose and then Fred Mill and then maybe Tyler Freeman hitting fifth. Like, you could project that out to be something really, really good. But yeah. there's, but it's like, there. I feel like there's even more of an unknown with those guys if you don't have Jose Ramirez, you know, kind of taking a lot of the pressure off of them. And then when Jose eventually maybe declines in a couple years, um, when he's like 33, 34 years old, then you have Arias and you know, your young guys kind of taking control of like the brunt of like, like the game plan or the scouting report or like the main load on that offense where Jose can still be effective as he kind of declines a little bit because there's not like, he's not like the bulk of your offense. Like, and I think that's why somebody like, like Justin Turner at 37, 38 years old, is still a really good and effective player because they they haven't really been trusting him to be that guy for a few years now. He could just be yeah. another guy, but a really, really good ball player and still be, you know, still hit close to 280 and close to 20 home runs and play good defense at third base at 37 years old because they have the Mookie Betts and, you know, the Trey Turners now and the Freddie Freemans now, like, it's yeah, just, I, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's frustrating. It'll be an interesting 24, 48 hours to say the least. Yeah. It could be an interesting three hours. Who fucking knows? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Right. Cause I yeah, think, yeah. I think the thing is, um, well, if you're listening to this on either Tuesday or Wednesday, if you're listening to this either Tuesday night or Wednesday or whatever, um, I would expect an, a, a, at least a quick little episode before the first game because 
whether they get a deal done or not in any sort of ex- ex- what is it, aspect. Um, yeah, we will talk about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely like record, you know, a little something because it's, it's a pretty, pretty significant deal. Uh, so, well, Gabe, yeah. I, uh, I know I did a lot of talking this episode and I'm sorry about that. You're great. No, no. Okay. When you, when you start talking, I love it. Um, but if you want to shout out the Twitter, shout out your Twitter, shout out the podcast, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Yep. You can follow me at Yanezgabe13, Y-A-M-E-Z-G-A-B-E-1-3. And you also follow the pod at leadoff talk at L-E-A-D-O-F-F-T-A-L-K. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kaylin knows C-L-E. That's Kaylin K-A-T-E-L-A-N knows K-N-O-W-S and then C-L-E. And as always, friends, take it easy. And I'm sure we will be talking to you very soon. So take it easy.